I'm thrilled to share with you that my new book, Intentional Intoxication, How to Deliberately Distill the Different Life You Desire, is finally available on Amazon. So here's the thing. I wrote this book for anyone who finds themselves in an unexpected, unwanted, or uninspired new normal. Maybe you've emptied your nest, retired, launched into the second half of life, or really just feel like you're surviving a sobering life hangover. In this book, you are going to get a quick shot of everything you need to feel lit up, alive, inspired, and fulfilled. And the best part, it's a short book, so you can literally finish it in one happy hour. Enjoy. Cheers to you, my brilliant friend, and welcome to the Intelligent Intoxication Podcast, where I'll get you smashed on success without the buzzkill of burnout. Welcome back, everyone. Today is part five, and what I would love to talk to you about today, two things, actually, anxiety and depression. So obviously, in the intro to the book, I talk about being in my, you know, mid-20s and like really wanting to drive off the road in Iowa because I had become so depressed. Here's what I really want to bring to your attention regarding depression and anxiety. Okay, let's let's take depression first. It is not your fault if you are depressed. Okay, this is not about you being weak or inadequate or lazy or any of those things. Okay, it's not your fault. But this is the part I really want you to hear. I really, really, really want you to hear. But it is always your responsibility to manage it. Okay. And that is the part that is really, really important is the reason that I am going to encourage you if you think you're depressed or if you think you are struggling with anxiety to seek out a medical profession, professional, excuse me, is that oftentimes it will not get better without help. And hearing this, if you think you are struggling with either one, you now know that it's your responsibility to go get the help. That is a gift that you are going to give to yourself. And it's a gift you're going to give to your loved ones because it is not your loved one's job to manage your depression and try and cheer you up or to manage your anxiety and make sure that you feel okay everywhere you go. Nope, it's not their job. And that's a horrible burden to put on someone else, but it is your responsibility. Okay. It just is. So here's the thing with depression. When it hit for me, I can, and again, I be the first to tell you, I am not a medical professional. So I am speaking from my personal experience and my personal experience alone. Right. And so that's why I encourage you to seek out professional help. But here's what I will tell you about my own experience with depression. It for me was a building up of many, many years of stuffing down negative emotions like sadness and grief and anger and disappointment, things like that. 
right? I didn't know how to feel those things. And so I stuff, 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 stuff them down, put the happy face on and kept on trucking. And the analogy I've heard, I got, I wish I could remember who used it so I could give them credit. It's like holding an overinflated beach ball under the water. You can keep it there for a while. You can, you know, if you're like me, you can keep it there for years. You can keep it there for decades, but at some point it's going to blow up through the surface of the water into the air, right? So please, please, please get yourself the help that you need. Okay. So if you believe that you are struggling with depression, something else I want to bring to your attention. When I sought out help in Iowa, I went to a psychiatrist and a psychiatrist can prescribe medication and can provide a diagnosis. Okay. And that is really important. It's important to get the diagnosis and here's why. You know, it's not about a label, but it's about having as much information as possible regarding what you're going through. So then you know what to do to help yourself. Okay. That's the only reason we're trying to get this diagnosis here, guys. It's not about a label. It's not about putting you in a box. It's about if you get, if you're able to name something or identify something, then you will be able to address it and help yourself. So here's what was really interesting. He was the oddest little fucker. I will just tell you that he like crouched on the floor during our session and yet he was brilliant. And I will never forget what he said to me. And it was the greatest lesson. And I'm going to offer this to you. He said, right now, Terry, you are barely clinging to the edge of a cliff. I am going to give you medication. Doesn't mean you're going to take it forever, but I need to get you back on flat footing again so that you can do the work with a therapist to actually get and feel better. And then he followed it up with this. He goes, however, I am not giving you this medication unless I know that you are actively seeing my partner who is a therapist. And here's what I loved about that. He was not willing to just throw drugs at me without allowing me to understand that drugs alone aren't going to get you anywhere. You have got to get help. You have got to figure out what it is you've experienced, what you need to feel, what's going on in your life and your relationships. So often, I hear people talk about how they'll go to their general practitioner and they'll mention they have a couple of, of symptoms and their doctor will throw some meds their way. And that's it. That, in my opinion, is not okay. That is not okay. So please, if you are resonating with this because you are feeling like, oh my gosh, I kind of, I have felt depressed for a while and maybe I'll just go to my general doctor. I am not saying it's wrong to go on medication. In fact, I believe at the time it enabled me to do the work because I couldn't even bring myself to do the work. I didn't even want to get out of bed anymore. So it got me to the point where I started to feel a little better and then I could go to the therapist and work on what I needed to work on, right? So it would be like 
expecting someone to run a marathon, but not giving them any fuel or water, any, excuse me, food or water to fuel them and hydrate them before and during the marathon. Okay. You would hear that and you would just go, well, you can't run a marathon if you're dehydrated and you haven't had anything to eat. Okay. This is similar, right? Sometimes, sometimes you got to have a little help so that you can start doing the work. And again, a professional will be able to diagnose and will be able to prescribe medication if that's appropriate for you. But at the end of the day, you are the one with the agency and you are the one who gets to decide whether or not that is a path you want to take. I am not saying to you that I think you should take medication. I am saying to you in my personal experience, it helped me. Okay. So that was a game changer for me. On the anxiety front, the way that I look at at anxiety now as a 55-year-old woman versus how I felt about it as a kid in my teens, in my 20s, you know, all the way on through, all the way through, I used to look at, at anxiety as something I had to get rid of. And I'll compare it to that like inner critic chatter in your brain. I used to think the same thing. I remember starting coaching school and I joked with my instructor that I, she asked me, you know, how do you, how do you respond to your inner critic? And I was honest and I said, I tell her to shut the fuck up. Kate Swoboda was her name and she was the one who helped me learn that, you no, know, you can work with your inner critic. Okay. Same, same is true with anxiety. Now, what I have come to learn even in the last year that has really blown apart my understanding even more of anxiety is that it is much more helpful when you are managing anxiety to separate the physical sensation of a stress alarm in your body from the thoughts in your mind that will notice the alarm and then jump in to try to make sense of the alarm and throw a bunch of worried thoughts your way. Okay. Dr. Um, Oh my gosh, I think it's Russell Kennedy. I'm going to put his book again, the link in the show notes. He um, wrote a book called Anxiety Rx. You've heard me mention it multiple times on the podcast. He's referred to, I believe on YouTube as the anxiety the anxiety doctor, it might be. I'm going to link that for you as well. But he teaches this understanding of there being an alarm in your body, and then the only anxiety exists in your brain as anxious thoughts. And it has been a game changer for me, but I will be very transparent with you as well. I It wasn't until probably, I don't know, eight years ago that I started medication for anxiety. Up until that point, I tried to white knuckle my way through it. And I'm going to tell you what it feels like. It's going to feel different for every other person or every person, but I can only speak to my experience. It felt like having a car turned on, but in park, and someone has their foot on the gas pedal and is revving it. That's what it felt like in my body much of the time. And it was miserable. It was miserable. Again, not everybody needs medication for 
anxiety, right? So I'm not telling you, you need to get on medication for your anxiety. What I am saying is that again, medication really helped me with mine. It got me to the point where I could learn to manage the anxious thoughts and I, I could learn how to calm my body because I was able to take that edge off just enough to do so. Okay. Here is the thing. I've noticed with students, I've noticed with clients, with friends, that they approach anxiety the same way I used to. They think it is something to be afraid of and something to get rid of. And admittedly, it feels so horrible in your body that you do want to get rid of it. But if you start to approach it as something that's manageable and something that is showing up to give you an opportunity to calm your body and then and only then after you do that to get curious about what you were thinking, it doesn't have to be something that completely ruins your life or that you are completely terrified of. But just like depression, while it's not your fault that you feel anxious or that you have this alarm in your body and anxious thoughts in your brain, it is your responsibility to manage it, okay? Because here's what happens if you don't. The people in your life are going to start walking on eggshells around you. They may very well assume it's their responsibility to soothe you and calm you down and to protect you. It's not. Especially if those people in your life are your children. That is not their job. Your kids just get to be your kids. And what we don't want to have happen is we don't want to hold our kids back from doing what they want to do in their lives because it triggers anxiety in us. Okay. We can learn to manage that and we want our kids to go on and live the lives that they want to live. Okay. So again, the reason today I am talking about both depression and anxiety and using my personal experience to bring these two challenges, right, to your attention is, again, they are both things that we need to take responsibility for managing. And if that means you need to seek medical help or counseling or therapy to get a diagnosis, that's your responsibility to do that. And if that means that based on the diagnosis that you receive, that you need to decide what treatment is appropriate for you given the input from the medical professional, that is also your responsibility. If you decide based on their input and what feels right for you that you are going to go to counseling, you're going to get coaching, you're going to try medication or some other treatments, once again, it is your responsibility to do so. It's not anyone else's job, okay? And here's the really great thing. You will feel so empowered if you take that responsibility back. It's not going to define you. It's not going to put you in a box. This is something that you're going to work with rather than need to be terrified of and try to get rid of. All right, everybody. Deeply grateful that you're here today. I will put some links in the notes for you so that you can begin, if you need to, 
reaching out for help and support with either anxiety or depression. Have an intoxicating rest of your day, and I will be back tomorrow with more. Hey, my friend, if you're thirsty for more than this daily shot and ready to intoxicate the hell out of your personal or professional life, I'd love to invite you to coach one-on-one with me. It all starts with a complimentary happy hour call. Head on over to terrybradway.com. That's Terry with two R's and an I. Bradway, spelled just the way that it sounds. Once you get there, my friend, click on the Work with Terry button and we'll take it from there. Thanks for listening and have an amazing day.